Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. We are a mother-daughter duo of mediums, medical intuitives, psychics, and energy healers offering personal sessions to clients all over the world. And this is our podcast. Coffee with the Sarlows is a platform to share the remarkable experiences of our clients and the messages that are channeled for them from the spirit world. These stories will make you laugh, some will make you cry, and some are certain to be an absolute butt-kicking with love. Our intent for this podcast is to gently and kindly challenge your beliefs, grow your empathy, and help you find pieces of your own self in each one of these individual stories. Before we jump into today's show, we have a few notes for our listeners. Karen and I have personal practices channeling for local and international clients. If the stories in these shows is something you'd like to experience, you can request your own personal session through our website, bysarlo.com. We also have gift certificates available if you wish to gift this experience to someone anywhere in the world. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. This series is your emotional and intuitive intelligence toolkit. We pick one topic every month and provide you with healthy tools for critical thinking and communication. This series airs the first week of every month. The first show is free and can be found on our website, your favorite podcast platform, or YouTube. The full series can be found on patreon.com forward slash by Sarlo. Patreon is our membership portal with a ton of monthly benefits for those of you seeking to grow your emotional and intuitive intelligence. Karen has a personal blog that explores the beauty and importance of intuitive gifts. There's a question and answer segment that addresses listeners' questions. As we mentioned, you can find the complete Sips of Sanity series here, along with handy habit trackers and great reflective questions to help you get the most from the shows. We provide you with guided journeys and music to enrich that experience, and we're running an emotionally intelligent, interactive book club. And for patrons in our top tier, each month we're putting your names into a draw for a free half-hour channeling session with Karen or myself. If you're interested in joining us, head over to patreon.com forward slash by Now, on to the show. Hello, beautiful. Hi. I'm all set for today's show. You ready to go? Yes, I am. Okay. First of all, um, I want to say that we've had some feedback as of late from different clients talking about our sense of humor. Oh. And how they like listening to us because we laugh at shit. And each other and ourselves. (laughs) Yes. It's an all around good time. Yeah. And that uh, a couple of people have said that they like the stories and that Mm. they're learning from hearing the stories. Good. And some people have said that we put them to sleep. And I took that as a compliment. Yes. I'm totally fine with that. That they like listening to our tone of voice, that there's no arguing or... Um, I don't know how you say that, angst and um, anger in the conversation, and that we speak to each other kindly, and that it helped them fall asleep, it soothed them. That's a beautiful compliment. It is. So I just wanted to tell you that, and thank you for being part of that conversation with me. Back at you. Alrighty. So let's get right into the show. You can pick uh, the name of a male, please. I'm going to go with Raj. Raj. Well, oh, that's from a TV show. Oh, yeah. Third Rock? A Big Bang. Oh, that's okay, it. That's Shit. okay. Uh, close enough. Well, for somebody who doesn't watch TV and I don't know those shows. A few decades apart, but that's okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. So Raj is a male. Kelly, I'm going to put him at around 55 years old. I can see him, so I'm guessing. 
And um, it's mostly about him, but I will need the name of his partner. And it happens to be a female. He's married. Okay. I'm going to go with Penny. That's from the same show? Yeah. Raj and Penny? Not a good pairing, but yes. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Thank you for the names. Um, so he, he and I can see each other and he says to me, I have an hour and he says, I'm just sitting in my car and you could see that he was in a vehicle and he says, um, I got told to call you from a couple of friends and he says, the whole group of my friends see you and he says, um, I'm not supposed to say too much. They've told me this and I'm going to give you permission for an open session but it's kind of not because I do want to ask you one question and then go with it. So, you know, like people... Hey, are, he's done a great job so far. Yeah. And I said, okay, what would you like? And he says, I'd like to know about my relationship. So he doesn't tell me he's married. I've, I've told you that. But he says, I just want to know what you get and I'm supposed to listen. <laughs> he says, so my, my friends have told me to record the session and they've told me not to write notes, just to record it. And that when it's over, I should sit down someplace with a tea or coffee. And he says, by myself, don't go home first. And write notes from the session. And then listen to the recording. And then add to my notes. Jesus, Karen, I can vividly remember sitting in Scott Clark's office. Oh my God. Years ago. Yep. And he was saying to us, he's a communications and marketing person. He was saying, you need to train your clients. Yeah. The way that you want your business to operate, you need to train them to know how your business operates. Yes. And it was, it was beautiful. It was a great message. It was all ethical and, and about just good business conduct. And I, I, I'm so thrilled because now our clients are training our prospective clients. Yeah. And, and you're doing a beautiful job for all the people who say, listen to this podcast show, for all the people who say, mm -hmm. no, 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 don't, don't write notes, just go record it. You're going to need to have been fully present and you're not really going to be fully present. So the recording's going to be perfect. Like you guys mm -hmm. are really supporting each other to get the most out of your experience. And mm -hmm. it just, it's lovely. It's a beautiful way of loving each other. Thank you. I'm so glad you told everybody this that's listening. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to pause here and segue out for just a second to Scott Clark at Clark Marketing, mm -hmm. because I was just talking about him yesterday in a session to a client, like in some other country. I don't even know where she was. And I said to her, you need a Scott Clark. And she goes, what does that mean? And I said, that means you need a really intelligent person in marketing that holds you accountable and kicks your ass mm -hmm. and tells you things you don't necessarily want to hear, but are absolutely accurate and hold your feet to the fire in such a good way that you actually succeed in your business. Mm. I would also very much recommend the book Insanely Simple yes. by Ken Siegel if you don't have or know a Scott Clark in your area. That's that's great. We love giving books and we <laughs> Scott might be retired. <laughs> he might be like, what? Why are they doing this? <laughs> he gets friend requests on Facebook and has yeah. no idea why. Right. Scott Clark, Clark Marketing, North Bay. <laughs> and he might not be happy with us about that, but <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, thank God for the Scott Clarks Yeah, is what we're both saying. Okay. So back to the session. So he said, please um, tell me anything you get about my relationship and I'm going to listen. I've been told I still am allowed to ask questions. And I said, this is totally spot on. Like 
So I paused. I told him I was going to pause, listen to the guides, and then download the information for him and that he still could interject to ask questions or direct it whenever he wanted. So I did take my time. And then the guide said, okay, we're going to do a few things first. He does have sons and he has a daughter and he does want you to say he's married. He's not just living with somebody. He's married. Like it's legal and they've got rings and like that whole thing. He wants to make sure that you are accurate. (laughs) So I said, okay. I think it's funny that you called it that whole thing. Oh, (laughs) okay. And um, so I repeated that and I said, I really don't know how many sons you have. I said, so it just means as far as I can see, you have even more than two. And I said, I know they said sons and that still would be two. I think you have more than two. And he goes, that's correct. I do. But he doesn't tell me how many. And he goes, I'm not telling you how many, not to be mean to you. He says, I've been told not to be an asshole. He says, yes, yes. He says, but I've also been told not to give you extra information because you might come back later and say three. And then I can validate it and go, yes. So he says, I'm just trying to do what those people told me so that I get the best session. I'm so happy for you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it was so, so important. I mean, these people, whoever they are, they prepped him for damn good reason. Mm. So... The guides showed me, told me, I'm just going to say using all six senses here, um, things like that um, that his partner smoked at one time, but quit. So I could smell the cigarette smoke. So I could say, oh, your partner had smoked at one time and then quit. And he went, yeah, that's true, but that was decades ago. Why would you bring that up? And I said, just as a validation, I said, just to let you know that we don't just get what's going on currently but that we get your whole life and we also can get all of your past lives and all your contracts together from lifetime to lifetime. And he went, oh God. (laughs) Could go either way now. Yeah. He goes, now I'm understanding why these people sent me to you. He says, I I think I'm getting this. He goes, okay. He goes, let me get my helmet, (laughs) which I thought was so funny. Just meaning I'm ready to do that. Like I'm oh, ready to, yeah. to hear this. That was his humor. And, and But he did have to clarify that for me because I didn't understand what get my helmet means. That was a new expression to me. But it meant, you know, be, be prepared for incoming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit. Flying crash. at you. Yeah, you got it. So then the guide said that um, at the beginning of the marriage that they had, quote unquote, found the one. And he went, yeah, yeah. And I said, and you you both were convinced this, this was the one person because you just really got each other. And, and I said, I really got to watch my words because the guides are being really adamant about how they're saying this. And I said, I think we're going to swing back around it to, to it at some points. And he goes, okay, good. And I said, so at the beginning, like, she was just so lovely and she agreed with you and it was what you and I would call love bombing thanks to a Dr. Romani and a Patricia Evans and all of these beautiful psychotherapists and psychiatrists that are now educating us. But she really love bombed the, the shit out of him. So he felt it was the one. Now, decades ago, we weren't that educated to know something called love bombing. So when I'm explaining this to him and I'm saying, oh, your your partner, Penny, 
um, really pulled one over your eyes for many years. Like, this wasn't just love bombing for a few weeks or months. I said, she really did this to you for a long period of time, right through having your first couple of children. And he said, that's very true. I would say that things were fantastic for the first, you know, at least five years of our marriage. And I said, um, but it, 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 the change comes along. And I said, but it comes along so gradually that you don't see it or you don't want to acknowledge it. And he goes, yes. And I said, don't ask me anything for just a second. I need to listen to the guides. But you can ask your question when I come back. I promise. And the guide said, time out. So I turned to the guides and I said, what's up? And they said, this is the pause. This is where you need to explain to him that the reason that he thought this was the one and that he felt fell for the love bombing was that this was how he grew up. This is what he saw with his parents. He saw the very same patterns. And his comfort, so they're trying to point out that he has a level of comfort with the gradual change in her personality because he's used to this between his mom and dad where his own mom's personality is full of love, full of care, throwing the birthday party, um, getting the food you want, getting the gifts you want, totally giving you everything and above and beyond of what you want, and then swinging it to being trivializing, undermining, criticizing, demeaning, all of these different forms of abuse, maybe even during the party, maybe even before it starts, maybe even as she's organizing it, but you still want the party, you're the kid, right? And really, you can't stop the shit show that is mom and dad, right? Mm -hmm. You can't ever stop your parents' shit show until decades later sometimes when you get an education to understand that that is not the one. Mm -hmm. And quite plain and simple, Kelly, it's just knowing healthy versus unhealthy, and it's as simple as that. And he, But he doesn't know it. So in his marriage now with two children and a third on the way, he's seeing the same situation. He's feeling the same feels that he had with his parents and growing up. And because of the familiarity, he thinks that he's supposed to just do what his dad did. So now he tries to think of how did mom, deal, or pardon me, how did dad deal with mom? So he goes into all of these things he saw dad do. He saw dad pick up after her. He saw dad go over and try and make it up to that child. He saw dad try to uh, smooth things over with everybody else there or all of a sudden become funny to change her mood if he could be the class clown, pardon me, not the class clown, if he could be the entertainment and lighten the mood, then nobody would be staring at or looking at the person that's losing her shit and being abusive, that everybody would pay attention to, oh, he's funny. And because people laughed, everybody thought they were a good couple. And so he's doing the same damn thing for decades. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's walking in his father's shoes, being married to the same woman. And she's extremely toxic, as was his mother, as was his dad. Mm-hmm. And so the guide said, you're going to have to tell him he's toxic. You're going to have to tell him their relationship is. 
And so I said to the guides, does Raj know this? Does he know it's toxic? And they said, no, he's going to be stunned. He's going to be shocked. And I said, well, then what's he doing here? What's going on? And they said, oh, well, he's actually here because his friends see that he's unhappy. He just thinks unhappy is part of married. He just thinks that fighting and fixing up someone mess, someone else's mass and smoothing things over and doing all these things is just part of marriage. Till death do you part. Who signs up for that? Tons, Kelly. Millions. According to some churches, billions. Right? Like, you do. You do. You say for better or worse. And you think, okay, this is the worst. Yeah, I just didn't think that people thought that was what they should be signing up for. I think some people don't know. And then once they get their feet in it, Mm -hmm. day to day, even once it does turn totally ugly and you don't want to be there. It's like, yeah, I guess this is it. Yeah. Okay. Nobody, you know, my friends aren't happy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like point out one happy married man to me. I will will, uh, quote a patron of ours and say, maybe bring the bar out of the basement, set it a little bit higher. Yeah. But I, I, I've heard men make that kind of statement. I've heard women make the same kind of statement. I don't think either group has a monopoly on believing that. Mm-hmm. He, she, or they. So I explained all of that to Raj. And with conversation in between where he asked, you know, like for me to, uh, to point something out or to give him an example of it. And there were examples and, and some of the ones, like I just said, where she would totally crash someone's birthday party just before everyone started coming, before the first, the doorbell rang for the first, mm-hmm. you know, person to show up for their child or something, where she just starts to scream about, this isn't supposed to be here, move it. And I said, your wife um, orders you. I said, she orders all of your children. And I said, um, but in particular, she enjoys ordering you. That's one of her biggest forms of abuse. And I said, and she feels very validated in doing it because you behave like a child. And he just went, wow, brutal. And I guess fair. Okay, good. Some maturity here. Yeah. And I said, and the guides want to point out here that this isn't just the two of you in the house as spouses. You work together. And oh, he just sake. put his head down, Kelly, like, oh, shit. He didn't think the guides were going to uncover all of it, I guess. I don't know. And I said, you, you're you both professionals. They're both very wealthy. They're both very successful in a number of ways, not just financially, mm-hmm. but like in their community. Um, they're both seen as being very caring. They give their time. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, that type of narcissistic personality where she's going to make it look like to everybody else that she's so fantastic that if he says anything about me, nobody will believe you mm-hmm. except his children and her children, except their partners and the grandchildren. And so he goes, do you think you could go into that? And I said, I'm going to go into the children in a minute. I said, but we got to go into the work environment. And I said, because you guys are bosses. She's actually the boss. And I said, so you co-own it with her, but you're not really a boss. You just go in and do your job and leave. 
and she handles the staff, but she abuses all the staff. And I said, so some staff will stay because much like you, they've had abuse of parents and partners and life is full of abuse. This is just more abuse. And he just sat there and looked at me and went, what the hell? You mean to tell me that, do you mean to say that my staff are being abused by her? I said, and by you? Mm -hmm. He goes, pardon me? He said, I don't say anything to them. And I said, well, that's a form of abuse. I said, you apparently don't know the forms of abuse to know which ones you participate in by enabling your wife to, to abuse, to be a bully. I said, you're an enabler. So yes, you're abusive too. And he just looked at me, Kelly, turned red as a beet. That's fair. That's a natural response to guilt. Yes. Embarrassment, shame. Yeah. And he goes, so you mean to say that the people that have stayed with us for 25 and 30 years are probably people who were abused by their parents and by their spouses and by their own kids? Or they, and I said, well, think about it. If they weren't abused by other people and this wasn't their norm. Why the fuck would they stay? Exactly. He goes, oh my God, that explains why we've had other staff quit. And I said, for sure. And he goes, and it also explains why we've had staff quit like on the first day of their job. He says like they come in and they don't even make it to 4.30. He goes, so now you're telling me that they just knew the difference between your version of what you're saying is healthy and unhealthy. And I said, yeah. He goes, or abuse and not being abused. So then he says to me, Karen, I have to write people cards. I have to call those people. I have to apologize. Oh, wow. And I said, yeah, you do. And I said, but make sure you don't apologize on her behalf. And he went, what? I said, don't you dare sign that fucking card, her name and yours. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh. I said, no, no. Um, your guides have caught you. Don't you dare say that you're sorry about her behavior. I said, you apologize for your behavior. You apologize for the things that you didn't do. The times that you walk out and you ignored it when you knew damn well that she was tearing a strip off of people and abusing them. And instead you went in to see your own client. I said, no, you apologize for the shit you pulled. And he goes, oh, um, okay, like this. And I said, no, Raj, let's make a list. And he goes, um, seriously? And I said, yeah. I said, let's make a list of all the ways that you are the abuser. I fucking love it. This is like, this turned into a detention. <laughs> let's make a list. Are we going to call it Karen's detention? Yeah. <laughs> or the guides, at least. Okay, better. Yeah, totally, totally true, Kelly. Better than Karen's detention. The guide's detention. Yes, let's give them full credit. So they sat there and they went through the 15 forms of abuse with him and said, this is what you did and this is how you did it. So they would give an example of avoidance. And he goes, avoidance, that's a form of verbal abuse? And I said, it is actually, yes, mm -hmm. it is. And so we would go through each one of them and they would give him an example and then they would say to him, and this is how you could have handled it in a healthier way. This is what you could have said to your partner. This is what you could have done in this circumstance. And his response is, where were you years ago? And I said, 
you could have picked up a book. Mm-hmm. You're a professional. You you had access to online courses. The internet did not pop up in 2021, dude. And he's just like, holy business ethics. Yeah, courses at college and universities. That's right. Small business office, chambers of commerce. I said you could have had a business mentor. I said instead of seeking help, you sought to bury all the evidence of the abuse. Oof. Oh, Karen. Yeah. And I'm so, so grateful, Kelly, that the guides use my voice Mm -hmm. because I don't sometimes totally know how it comes out of my mouth. If I think about Karen 11 years ago, Mm -hmm. Karen now, yes, but because there's an education there in those 11 years. But oh man, did they ever do an amazing job of identifying it for him. And giving him some of the tools in that session to say, here you go. And then they gave him the books. They told him about podcasts. They told him about, like you said, these different courses. And that this really is on him to do his own work. And that one of the problems is that he's been in such a a pattern of constantly trying to fix abuse instead of saying, how do I get healthy? And he goes, whoa, stop right there. Stop. And I just looked at him and he goes, um, I need a minute. And I went, yep, you take all the time you want. I'll do my own time out. And so he's sitting there thinking and he put his head down and I start dancing. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> because my heart, my heart, my like I can feel if I, I don't even know how to describe this to people, but I know you get it. It's like his soul finally merges with his human. It, it, and you and I use it like if they if anyone's watching this on video, when when you are abused, you come outside. So you're over here and your soul is back here. And you go through life living in this form. And then all of a sudden when you start getting that education to know the truths, your soul re-enters and sits inside you again. And that's our happy those are our happy dances with people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm just ecstatic. I'm just, my arms, I know you're going to say to me at the end of this. Stop flapping. Your arms were flapping during that podcast. <laughs> so I'll just try and maybe do it a little differently, but it's just a total heart dance. Yeah. And it's, it's just on a human level, it's being able to witness the moment it happens for another person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm sure he'll have friends now after this podcast who happy dance in their own way for him. But we are privileged to see the moment it happens. Oh, yeah. And we are privileged to see all of his spirit guides going, yes! Yeah, where they all come together again and there is a connection made. It's like gold in my veins. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a deep breath. It's really funny. People don't know this, but we had to break just before you made that comment. And as we flip the cameras back on and the audio back on, Parker is behind you, mm-hmm. took a very deep breath and almost was like, okay, let's lead back in, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> he he took the deep breath you're talking about. Oh, yeah. And so Raj pulls his head up and he looks at me and I'm in full-blown sit, dance setting mode, right? And he looks at me. And you could see the shift. Mm -hmm. And I went, I'm your witness. 
And he went, pardon? And I went, I'm your witness. I'm your witness. And I started singing. And I'm like, I'm your witness. <laughs> and I started singing it to him. Mm-hmm. He goes, um, what's happening? And I said, can't you feel it? Do you feel it? He goes, I do. He goes, I don't know how to say what I feel, though. He says, is it normal if I say that I want to cry? I said, yeah. He goes, is it also normal if I want to put my fists through something? And I said, yes. He said, is it normal that I'm so humiliated that I didn't want to look up at you? And I said, yes. And I said, but how does it feel when you look up at me and I'm happy dancing for you? He goes, yeah, the shame is gone. And I went, right. I said, that's that is exactly why your friends told you to come. But yeah, that's the gift. That, that entire package of emotions and the process that you have to go through leading up to the moment you realize, holy shit, I'm safe. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then everything is in front of you. Yeah. And then you can go in and get your education and understand everything because you're stepping out of that reality with the abuser. And you're no longer willing to do the enabling to be there. So he goes, do you think you could go on a little bit more? Could you go into the kids now? And I said, absolutely. And I said, the guides want me to affirm for you a few things because you're still looking for proof. And I said, which is fine. I said, so I I do know because they're telling me that you have the um, second oldest, I think it is. It's a male. It's either the second or the third oldest. And I said, it's um, a a male child. And I said, they're all adults, by the way. And he goes, that's correct. And I said, and they've all got partners. And he goes, yes. And I said, but there's, I said, there's one child that's moved very far away. And I said, I think to another continent. And they're thrilled to be not on the same continent as you because they do not speak to your wife. They don't speak to her, to his mom. And he said, that's correct. And I said, but your wife walks around and says that she doesn't speak to her son because he's abusing her. So I said, so she knows the truth. It's abuse. She knows what it is. But she doesn't want anybody to believe that she's the abuser. So she's gaslighting everybody. And he goes, what does that mean? I said, she's lying to everybody. And because you don't make the correction you allow the lie to be perpetuated and believed. So I said, so because you don't stand up to tell the truth, your son now won't talk to you. Good on him. And he went, that's true. And I said, and I'm explaining to you why your son won't talk to you because you thought it's her that's not being nice, not me. I'm the good parent. So you thought that when they grew up, they would still like you and have a relationship with you. And I said, but because of your snaky little ways. Oh, I went with weasel, but I like that too. Oh, I'm going to go with snaky here. I said, because of your snaky little ways of where you just don't think that you're the outright abuser, that you think your children are going to be okay with your behavior. So dad's good, mom's not. And I said, but your son and his wife know better. And so you have lost access to your son, his wife, your daughter-in-law, and their children. And I said, because they don't want your toxicity in their family. 
which totally made me think of Glennon Doyle. Beautiful. Yeah. Create an island or a continent. Yes. Which one of her books did she talk about that in? Was it Untamed? Absolutely. Okay. And she was, she was with Abby at that time. Right. So or is, pardon me. Yes. So if anybody's interested, even in more or, or learning more about that, that could be another wonderful reference is her book on how Abby and Gwennon, Glennon, Glennon um, created what they believe is they call it their island, meaning their family, mm-hmm. and where they don't want toxic people on it. Um, and they don't want to have to explain to their children how you get along with these toxic people. Mm-hmm. They're saying set your bar higher and find healthier people, which is so healthy, right? So I said, you you are pretending that you don't understand your, your son's behavior. You think that after all these years of, of soothing him, treating him when his mom's been mean and abusive and you take them for a cone instead or you do something fun because mom's not home tonight. I said, you, you wore that role of I'll be good daddy and thought it was going to get you stuff until your son actually grew up. And I said, so what you're being faced with is our adults. Interesting. Can I do a small correction here? Absolutely. Like, you can change the wording, yeah, whatever. I'm going, I'm going to. He thought that this was going to carry him through the lifetime of his yeah. son, not until he grew up. He's finding out that his son right. grew up, began to be educated, no better, and went, yeah, fuck you. Yes. If you just reworded what I said better t- so it's more articulate, thank you so much. Okay. So he didn't understand that. And that was one of the things he wanted answered today. I think this is going to be a moment for a lot of listeners who maybe are on the fence about staying or leaving an abusive relationship and are Raj in the marriage. Even even if you are single and living with your parents who are the pennies of the world, Mm. thinking, well, it's better than nothing. It's good they have family and who just maybe aren't even considering leaving at this point. Mm-hmm. Your kids are going to grow up and know better. Mm-hmm. And you're the one they're going to resent more, the one who could get educated, the one who could be healthy because you have the capacity to. Right, and it's 2021. Grow the fuck up. Yeah, like three, four decades ago, five decades ago, we didn't know all of this. But we had opportunity to, and we certainly do have Far more opportunity now. I was just going to say, you know, the people that, I'll say of your generation, that talk about your parents' generation and say they did the best they could, mm-hmm. okay, wasn't really yet the age of information. Sure, I'll accept the abusive statement for what it is. In this day and age, mm-hmm. if you're still walking around saying people are doing the best they can, mm-hmm. it's largely untrue. Yeah. They are ignoring the information at their fingertips. Especially if they just even have the internet. Actively avoiding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then the guide said, could you please tell him about trauma bonding? And explain now that he trauma bonded to her because of the type of abuse that she was dishing out to him and their children eventually. And that's what he was looking for in the one. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't understand healthiness, he was addicted to the trauma that he had grown up with, with his mom and dad. Mm -hmm. 
And so that original bond, and I'm no therapist. So if there's some therapist out there that's going to explain this better than me, awesome. I'm just going to do my best shot at it right now. Didn't individuate. That's correct. He did not. That's the basis, right? Yeah. Then the trauma bond continues. That's right. So then the guide said to me, please say to him that in his childhood, he lost his connection to his soul. He lost connection to his emotions, to his heart, and to his physical body. So time out, not his fault. That's right. He's a child at this point, and his mother and father's dynamics have created a cognitive dissonance in this child. Correct. Who now, at this point, does not have any resources around him to know what is happening to him, maybe even that he needs the help, or even how to get help. That's right. And so they're talking about this trauma bond that he has with mom and dad, then his partner, then he creates the very same trauma bond in each of his four children. And he just looked at me, Kelly, at that point, red isn't even the right color. I don't even know if a person can go from red to purple. Absolutely. He was just, couldn't even speak, but I also noticed couldn't cry. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I would say with a healthier person, this is when I would say at this point in the show, and he cried and he could not. So I still wanted to value the fact that this was a crying moment and just sat with him. And he said, I just, I don't know what to say. I said, that's okay. I said, this is normally when people cry, Raj. And he goes, right, okay. Uh, So I'm supposed to be crying? Unless your trauma is too big to process in this moment, and that's okay. That's exactly what I said. I said, Raj, this is the point where I say to you as a human, Karen, that you need therapy. You need a very qualified person to bring you through all of this trauma. You need healing. And you need to do it with the the right professional. Mm -hmm. There's so much that Kelly and I can do in this process of healing. You can still come back and see us but you absolutely need the right therapist to bring you through your childhood PTSD. So CPTSD. Which stands for childhood PTSD. Yes. Just in case people don't know what was just said, that it was an acronym. Yeah. If people go on YouTube, um, hmm. there is a woman on YouTube who has a complete channel on CPTSD. Why don't I give that to you as a link to put up with our site? I think she's called the Crappy Childhood Fairy. I'm pretty sure. I've been okay. listening a, a, a lot to her lately um, and trying to find more resources for our listeners, right? We're always trying to move them in the right direction of healing. Mm-hmm. So the last thing the guide said to him that day at the end of his hour was, Raj, you need to make a list of all the reasons you hate her. And he went, that won't be a problem. And I went, oh. This is very interesting because at Mm -hmm. the beginning of the show, he was stunned. Yeah. And now he's saying, not a problem to list the things I hate about her. And I said to him, how do you you believe you've got the one and you have a ready-made list of all the things you hate about them? Well. Now, I'm posing this question to listeners. Challenge your logic here. 
I love that you just did that. I know how. I know what's behind all that. I know you but do. But I love that you asked them to do something like that. I love that 315 episodes in, you still respond like I'm posing it to you. <laughs> like she doesn't know the rhythm of the show yet. <laughs> you know this about me. I do. <laughs> um, so... At the, at, we just discussed that, and all I said to him after that was, I'll bet you that at the top of that hate list is the fact that you've behaved the way you've behaved, and as a result of the way that you've behaved, that you're most angry with the fact that you've lost your children. Mm-hmm. You've lost your extended family of in-laws, and you've lost grandchildren. You've lost all these abilities to go to their games or to have dinner. And I said, they have like really cut you out. And he said, yes, what do I do about that? And I said, I only have like a minute or two left. So I'm just going to say something. Therapy. Dude, therapy. You, you cannot approach your child and say, oh, I saw Karen Sarlo and I'm fixed. After 30 minutes. Yeah. I said, there's no way. I said, your son and daughter-in-law are smart. They're going to want to hear, hi, I've been in therapy for a year, not not even two sessions. They're going to want to see that you're committed to change, that there's consistency to this, that you actually have some new tools. They might even say, yeah, dad, when you say you're fucking divorced. Yeah. You know, I want to first validate every point you just made because they're excellent. I also want to note too that as important as it is to say that the kids are smart, they deserve more. Right. If you are walking back into a relationship having been an abuser passively or overtly, that person deserves a shit ton more than saying, I had a call with a medium. Yep. Like you said, consistency, effort, yeah, he has work to do. I said, Raj, you have so much work to do. You you should not reach out to that that child until you've actually done certain amount of work where you can say, I've, and list all the things that you've done. Mm-hmm. Proving that you really are working at who you are. Because currently you just think that she's the abusive parent, not you. Raj, join us over in book club. Oh my God. Yeah. No kidding. So that was his full session. Fucking well done. Thanks. Yeah. And I realize it's the guys and you've downloaded all the information, but way to not even translate, way to just verbatim out of your mouth. So, so pointedly, um, and with so much compassion, you just have a, you have the whole package. Mm. This was a dance in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Sounds uh, like it was a dance all over the place. Yeah, true. In the in the office, everywhere the stairs, in the treatment room, up to the washroom after. Yeah, I, I sometimes there are clients where it just doesn't really matter if you ever see them again. You don't. I don't know. Like it's just the type of session you have, right? Yeah. Yep. And then there are these sessions where it's like, man, I really hope I see him again. Mm-hmm. Like I really hope he comes back or joins book club or or shows up for a session and says. I checked out Dr. Romani. I got into therapy. I'm watching the crappy childhood fairy. I'm listening to Les Carter. Like, I just, 
I, I, I want those moments sometimes for the very human part of me. And I don't mean for my happiness. I mean to hear that he actually grew and that he showed up for his child, his children in this lifetime. And for that moment where the spirit world and him stay stuck together. Yep. Where he doesn't get unstuck again because of someone else's illness. Cool. I'm going to go with the selfish ones then. You've listed the really nice, you know, altruistic ones. Selfishly, I want him to see you again and and say that he's done all these things because I like hearing that there's a healthy man in this world. Oh, yeah. I like hearing that someone in this world has connected to themselves because it makes me feel safer in this world, because it gives me hope that there's a community that I could be a part of in this world. I think it's a good thing to have those selfish feelings for any person who's been following this show for any length of time. I think it's why people listen. I agree. I want him back for all those reasons, too. I know. Yeah. Well, well done. Thank you. And happy Saturday. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlos. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.